Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, this Sunday, this week, right now, (laughs) we're going to look at the C in in grace. Again, G-R-A-C-E, taking the gospel, G-R, raising generations, A, abilities that God's given you, and C, today is community. Also, it can mean church. It's just us corporately together, not as individuals. So I want to look at the power of grace that flows through a community, through a church, through people getting together. There is something uh, of an ideology, and uh, I'll go as far as to say that it's just not just not true, I think it's a lie that the enemy would love to, love to spread. Now, I don't know if you've ever bought into something that you thought was true, but and it looked appealing, and then you find out it's not true. Maybe you bought something online, uh, one of those slimming machines. You thought, this looks easy. You know, the, the person that's actually a gym instructor demonstrating how, you know, they didn't lose anything from it. They already lost it. But anyway, you know, they're looking pretty slim, and they get that slimming machine, and they sell it to you online, and there's more. You get two for one and all the rest of it. You get the thing. You order it on Amazon or whatever, and it arrives, and you use it, and you don't lose it. It's like, this isn't working. <laughs> this isn't what they told me. I was just as easy as vibrating my belly, and I'm going to lose all this weight. Now, all of a sudden, I haven't lost anything. They didn't tell me about diet and all, all the other stuff that goes into you know slimming down. It's like, it, it wasn't true, but it, but it was appealing, and I bought into it. And, and the lie, which I believe uh, comes from, from the pit of hell, to be quite honest, is that you as an individual get all the grace that you need, and that's as far as it goes. Well, there is something called great grace, and that's where we've, we're going to go today. I've called this message great grace, not just grace. You are graced as an individual, it's by, by grace that you're saved through faith, of course. We get that. But what do you, what do you save for? Just go to heaven? You know, live like hell, got saved, got some grace, got favor, all of that. Got my gifts, don't know what they are. And then I'm just going to go to heaven. Well, there's purpose on this planet. And, and the purpose isn't just about you. In fact, there's pride that comes through individualism. And it's the same pride that got Satan kicked out of heaven. He, was, he said, I'm going to exalt my throne. I got what it takes. I'm the leader of worship. I, I'm going I'm to exalt my throne above the throne of the Most High. And he got about a third of the angels, the Scripture says, to buy into that. Pride entered in, and he got kicked out. Came to earth, and the rest is history. We've got problems now that we're still putting up with. Uh, because of that rebellion that took place. Individualism is no place in the body of Christ. There's just no place for it. Individualism, that kind of pride, is not a godly pride. But there is another type of pride. And it's a godly pride that comes through community or his church. It's kind of why uh, a lion, uh, a group of Uh, of lions or lionesses and their cubs and everything else, it's called what? It's called a a pride. 
And, and, and there is something uh, that gets multiplied when a, a, a group of believers, a collective, a community, if you will, get in sync and get in unity and discover what their individual gifts are and realize that there is grace on us individually, but that some of that grace is so that we can get together and become a community and become a body and become something called the church so that there's not just grace individually, but there's a multiplication, a synergistic effect that takes place. It's called great grace, but it happens through unity. It happens through getting together. One of my favorite scriptures, we're not going to go too far into that, but in, in Acts chapter 2, it says that they were all together. These believers were all together in one place. King James says in one accord. They got together in an upper room. 120 of them were all together in one accord. And suddenly, suddenly something happens. Suddenly the Holy Spirit shows up when there's unity in a collective and a community of believers getting together, not just individually floating around out there trying to do their thing, individual pride, individualism, but when they got together in one place, how, how good and how beautiful or how pleasant it is, Psalm 133, for, for brethren to get together in unity. For there, God commands the blessing. There's just something about the collective called community, called the church, that just multiplies everything that God wants. He just pours it out when he sees that. There's grace, but there's great grace. And we're going to unlock great grace this morning. I want to encourage you, don't just settle for God grace me. Settle for, I want great grace in this world because this world desperately needs the handshake of God. Five fingers of God, the grace, the, the, the hand of God reaching into this world. I like to call grace the divine handshake. It's where God shakes the hand of the world through us. He moves through you and I collectively working together. In Acts chapter 3, and we'll go, and um, I want to show you this in the Word of God. Well, actually, a scripture I looked up uh, just during the worship times we were singing, and I just couldn't help myself because we're talking about, we're singing about how God, how beautiful you are. You know, oh God, you're beautiful. And it reminded me of a scripture, and it won't come up, that's okay, but in John 1, 14 and 17, John writes this. He says, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, listen to this, full of grace and truth. He didn't just come to set us right, give us the truth, but he's full of truth and grace. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in a place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. When you're looking at him, he is so beautiful. He is so full of glory because he is the embodiment of grace. We are his body. Therefore, we must be the grace of God in this world. It's more than just forgiveness. It's more than just uh, favor. Grace goes so far beyond that. It's a weapon to win the world. Grace is. So listen to this in, uh, in Acts, in chapter 4, rather, in verse 33. Amplified Version says this, and with great ability and power, that ability is the grace of God. 
with great ability and power, talking about these same believers that were in the upper room, now they've spilled out into the community. Great ability and power, the apostles were continuously testifying to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace, remarkable loving kindness and favor and goodwill rested richly upon them all. Not just individuals, but all. When we walk with God, we get not just grace, but great grace is what he gives us. It comes when we all walk together. We become a grace weapon, if you will, out in the community. But it all starts in here. It all starts with walking together as a church. Ephesians 3.10, listen to this. His intent was that now... Through the church, the manifold, manifold wisdom of God should be known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. In other words, you get together, you're going to teach them a lesson. You're going to teach them who they messed with. You're going to make, you're going to make them pay for their deeds of darkness through the grace and the power and the glory of light that you carry collectively. Have you ever wondered why so many of the promises of God don't come to pass. Sometimes, you know, the scripture gives us incredible promises and it's like a little bit like Elisha when he's following Elijah. And uh, he wants to do this miracle. And he's, he's just watched his, 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 his mentor be taken up and he's, and, and he's pumped. It's like my turn now. The, the anointing, the double portion actually has come upon me. And he takes off the, 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 the shawl that was dropped from Elijah, and he's got this mantle. He takes it, and he just strikes the water, and he says, where is the God of Elijah? Where are the promises of God? Sometimes I look at scriptures, and I see these promises for everything from healing to the government's going to be upon Jesus' shoulders, the body's shoulders, to uh, everything, the gospel going into all the world. And, and there's so many good and precious promises of God to seize a hold of. And I think, why? Where is this Pro power? I don't want to sing about it all the time and not have it. Where's the power? Why? Why, God? You see, these promises weren't given just to us as individuals. So many people trying to do it trying to be a Smith Wigglesworth. You know, he was like a legend of faith, did some mighty things and all the rest of it. It's like, oh, I just want to be, I want to be like Smith Wigglesworth, you know. And that's cool. You know, ever-increasing faith. He's written some books. He had incredible uh, miracles and things going on. But there's, that's grace for sure. He had incredible endowment of, of the gifts of God. But there's great grace upon all of us. See, no one of us can do what all of us can do. You might be rich. You might be here and you've just, you know, you're loaded. You got a lot of money. Good. I don't, you know, that's, that's fantastic. But even with all your money, you're not going to do what a whole bunch of people with a little bit or average wages are going to do if they get together. You might be here and you've just got, you know, an incredible ability to lay hands on the sick, but you're not going to do what all of us can do together. 
You're all, you, you got one or you got five individually, whatever you've got, resources or gifts or whatever. But when we all get together, there's something great that just kicks in when the body of Christ gets together in unity called great grace. All, you know, it's incredible. Paul's letters, and I love the promises that are in Paul's letters, but they were written to the church. He hardly ever, he talks about some individuals, but they weren't written just to individual believers only. They were written to the church at Ephesus, to the church at Philippi, to the church in Galatia, you know, to the church in Thessalonica. He writes these letters to a collective group, to a community of people that are graced by God so that power can, so that they can rise up and be far more than just individuals. He does mention some people by name, greet, you know, Aristarchus and and uh, whoever, you know, Greek names. Greet these people, great, that's awesome. But I'm writing this letter to all of you, not just to one of you. I, I, I look at my own giftings and I think, man, sometimes I think I'm not really that gifted. I don't know, you might be the same way. I look at, uh, I can do a little bit of art. But man, nothing like somebody that's really gifted in art. To do a bit of investment, nothing, you know, like Bill Gates or somebody or Elon Musk or somebody that's, you know, really gifted to make some serious money. Like, uh, I, I look at the giftings that I've got and I, and I think, well, maybe it's, a, maybe I'm the one talent guy. But when I get together with you, I'm not a one talent guy anymore. I can't do what these guys did for, you know, 20 minutes or half an hour, whatever of worship. I, I can't do you know, I can't even hold a tune in a bucket. Like, it's, it's not, I'm nothing when it comes to musical ability, but I don't have to be. Because when I'm singing, they're singing, and they're louder because they got a sound system than what, what I am. And, and all of a sudden, we just sound amazing because there's more than one talent in this room. But when somebody drops out and doesn't use it because they bought into a lie of individualism that sounds really good, but it's just loaded with pride... Well, then that's not a good sound to the world. It's, it's going to, everybody drops out, it's going to sound pretty lousy. You see, the promises aren't written just to me, they're written to we. They're not just written for I, they're written for us. They're given to people, not just individuals. Whereas satanic pride is in individualism, it's a form of pride. I, me, my, look what my faith got me. I'm so good. Look at me. I don't need to go to church, to a collective. I don't need to be part of a community because it's, it's just all about me, baby. I'm going to go to the beach instead of meet with those people down there because I've got it. Well, imagine in history, imagine where this world would be without a collective called the church. I, I looked at some of the things that were started by the church, by community, the power, the gifts getting together. Every major university that did anything, Harvard, Yale, Cambridge, Oxford, all, all, of, those, all of those universities were schools of theology if you go and look at their history. They were Christian organizations. Now they're not because secularism has taken it to, you know, way over there and they're no longer. That's got to be taken back again because their foundation was Christ. 
Even the vision statements and everything, if you go and look, go to these universities and have a look at some of the plaques that are there from the foundation. It's all about God. It's all about Christ. It's Jesus' name is, is lifted high. Hospitals. Where would the world be if there was no community, no collective, no church? There wouldn't be most of the hospitals including, you know, organizations that go and save and rescue people in, in third world. Almost every single one of them was founded out of community, out of something called church, out of a collective of believers getting together. All the, all the great cathedrals, which is why most people go to Europe to go visit Europe. It's like, I just want to see Notre Dame or I want to, want to see these great cathedrals. Why were those built? Who built them? A collective of people to glorify Christ, which has brought in untold billions of dollars over the, over the centuries, for sure, into those cities. It's the church, but the church has to be the church. The church is bought into a lie, that lie of individualism. I'm just going to do my thing. doesn't matter about them. They can go there, attend there, do whatever they want. I don't care, sing those songs. It, it, uh, you know, I'm just, it's, it's just me and God. <sighs> what a selfish twit. It's just you and God. <sighs> where do you see that in Scripture? Where, where in Scripture does it say don't gather together? Oh, but Jesus went up on a high mountain. He did. He went up there and got by himself and prayed. There is a time where you pull out of and you isolate for a, for a period, only a short period, to get together with God for sure. I do that daily, and I hope that you do too. But that's not a lifestyle. We're not, to meant, we're not meant to go and isolate away from the rest of us. We're, we're, we're meant to hear from God, get something for God, and bring it back to the community and be a contributor back into the community so that the grace that's on you can become great grace. That's God's plan. And then God will be able to reach out through all of us to touch this world in a bigger way than if we just try to do it on our own. I mean, we could use analogies like team, together everyone achieves more. What kind of a team would it be? There, there has been teams in the past that are just full of individual superstars. And I remember hearing one of the, uh, I think it was the Socceroos that were up against Brazil or something one year. I don't think they won, but you know, they said, what, what hope do you have? He said, well, the coach had said this. He said something like, well, they're, they're a group of superstars. We're a team. And, and they, they individually weren't that talented compared to all these superstars playing, playing for Brazil. But they did pretty good, being that they were only all one talent, but one talent and one talent and one talent, and, you know, 12 of them or 11, whatever it is, they get together, they can do far more together than they'll ever do individually. And the pride comes in, and it's a pride, we're the body of Christ. I'm proud to be part of the church. I'm proud to be part of the body of Christ in a good way. It's a godly pride. And the language of that pride is our, not me and I and me and my, I and my and I. It's we and us and our, the life of Christ. He chooses to work through his body. See, I can't do much with my head. Now, he's the head. 
We're the body. Just a bit of theology here. You are the body of Christ in this earth, hands and feet. If it's going to happen, it's going to mainly happen through the body. See, I can smell with my head, and he, he smells the savor of our, you know, the fragrance of our prayers coming up, the Bible says. It's a sweet-smelling aroma to him. He's the mind. There's the mind of Christ. God's God, you know, he's the infinite. He's the head of the body. But we're the body. So what's the body supposed to do? Well, I have a body. <laughs> you do too. There's no heads floating around here. Just uh, if there are, we'll take you 10-pin bowling or something. You'd have a bit of a spin. Uh, but, you know, without my body, I can't take out the trash. I can't wash the dishes. I can't make the bed. I can't get down to church. I can't drive. I can't go to work. There's hardly anything I can do just with a head, with my head. It takes my body to get most of the stuff done that's going to get done. Do you know that's the same with the church, the body of Christ? If, it, if, if we don't work together, and there's a whole scripture on that, the, the hand can't say to the foot, and you know the lesser parts can't say to the other parts that are a little more glamorous, I don't have need of you, and you're a nothing. It's, you gotta, we all have to work together. I can't give you a hug without my body. I can't lift anything without the body. The church is Christ's body. It's for healing. The, the, the body of Christ is God's vehicle for healing, for bread to the hungry, for wisdom, for sight to the blind, for family, for purpose, for love, to, for encouragement. You and I and everyone else who calls upon the name of the Lord is God's church, God's body. The grace on each of us becomes great grace on all of us. The problem is when I see the promises only for me and not for we. Not having it all does something that I don't like. It's uncomfortable because I don't have it all. Now it makes me need you. I don't want to need you. <laughs> this is the appeal of individualism. I don't want to have to need you because it's just me and God. I don't, you know, you, you go do your thing. I don't really care about you, you know. I, I don't want to be dependent on anybody else. I want to be independent, whereas God says, no, I want you to be interdependent. I want you to be dependent upon me, but inter interdependent with each other. That is a hard thing. To get that message across, I spend a lot of time. Uh, you know, you'll hear this message over and over in various forms if you hang around this church long enough because individualism and isolation and that form of pride, which looks like it's godliness, but it's not, that, that whole thing, you, you know, it's, it's hell-bent to try to fragment and keep us from working and walking together and keep us out of unity because the devil knows if we ever get this thing together, if we ever work it out, if we ever finally uh, become the body of Christ, he's gone. There's going to be so much power, great grace released on this planet that it's going to shake the planet. So his strategy, keep them fragmented. Stroke their egos. Oh, so-and-so's got so much faith. Where are they? I don't ever see them on a Sunday. Oh, no, they don't, they don't have to, you don't have to come to church, you know, to be a Christian. 
Well, you don't need to go to the gym to get fit. You don't need to eat healthy. You don't need to go and, go and get green vegetables at the grocery store if you don't want to. There's a whole lot of things. You don't need to pray for your family. You don't, you don't need to be married to have some kind of a relationship. There's a lot of stuff that sounds appealing. Oh, you don't need to do that. Why don't you get on board and say, well, I get to do it. And I think there'd be a far more powerful, uh, I'll live a far more powerful life if I just join hands with other people and realize that together we're going to do a whole lot more than, than that. How, how, how can I forgive you? I, 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 I don't want God's power for me to be conditional on how I treat you. That's the problem. See, if I can do the individual thing, then I don't have to worry about you, which means I don't have to forgive you. Oh, I don't go to church because, you know, I might get offended down there. Good. You might learn forgiveness. Somebody might look at me wrong. See, I have to forgive you. I have to love you. I have to pray for you if I join a community. It matters how I talk about you. I can't just talk trash and say that I'm part of a community and praying for you. Can't get along. I don't want to have to get along. I want his promises without dealing with you. It's so much easier. I don't like the thought that how I treat you determines in some way my destiny in my relationship with God. No one's that great that they can reach the world without the rest of us. If we go back to the beginning, the one thing God said is not good. He said everything's good. Stars, birds, water, land, plants, animal, everything's good. It's just not good that man should live alone. God believes so much in community that he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us, us, not, not me, let us make man in our image. It's not good that, that, that man should be alone. Well, Adam wasn't, you're not alone, Adam. You got God. Adam's walking in the garden, fellowshipping with God. So if, if this individualism, just me and God, was, was such a big deal, God would never have said, it's not good that you're alone. Why would he have created Eve? If it was just Adam and God, that's all it takes. But God looks at that and goes, it's not good that you're alone. I got the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We're having fellowship together. We got you now, Adam, but you're alone. So he creates and pulls out of his side Eve, woman, to solve that problem. Individualism has got it wrong. God created us to need each other, even if you're incredibly wealthy and talented and everything else. I look at the way the church is described, church, bride, assembly, body. We're a network. We're an army. There's always one single attribute that her, her beauty is in her unity. So if the devil can't turn you from God, he'll turn you from the church. He knows when God's people are united, they're unstoppable. That's why he says how good and how pleasant it is. And yet a house divided, Scripture says, cannot stand. Now, community is not uniformity. 
It's not, we, act, we all got to agree on our theology and everything else. Community requires diversity. Again, you got to have a hand and a foot and a knee and a stomach and all the other things that go with the body to do anything. You can't just have one hand. I think the Munsters did that one with Thing, wasn't it? Can't come out of the box there. It's not just one hand crawling around. It's diversity. We're not all called to be the same thing. You're not all called to do what I do, and I'm not called to do what you do. It's great. It's diversity. Unity is not uniformity. Romans 12:5. Listen to this. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Isn't that wonderful? 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. Romans 15, 5, listen to this. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind, one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is, verse 7. Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. If anything was under attack today, it's the church. If anything was under attack today, it's community. If anything was under attack today, it's us getting together. We've got the secular media just going for it. We've got people that got offended in churches now that are out there just bad newsing the whole thing. Oh, I, used to, I used to be part of that. Don't do it anymore. Why? What happened? Ah, oh, you know. On it goes. There's attack after attack after attack. And if you want to know when you're doing something right, look at what Satan's attacking and realize there's a reason for that. There's a reason that, that the church or community, the body of Christ, is under attack, being ridiculed. There's a reason why, why it's so popular just to look at individualism and me, I, and mine, and all the rest of it. Ex-church people, secular media, all those who think they, they'd be happier if we packed it up and closed the doors. But like I said before, there'd be no hospitals, no Salvation Army helping people, no St. Vincent's de Paul, no university. Where would you be? And, um, and, and Brownie talked about this at our dinner party. Where, where would you be if somebody didn't reach out to you and we're sharing who those somebodies are on Wednesday night at, at our dinner party. Very powerful. Somebody decided it wasn't just about them, that they owed it to reach out, that the grace on their life became greater when they shared the faith and when they started raising a generation up and discipling somebody. When they started to share the gospel, grace came upon them 
as they opened their mouth and reached out. It was somebody in a hotel room, in a hotel rather, that, that, that reached me. It was a group of people actually that reached out to me when I was confused and walking in darkness. I think, where would I be if they weren't part of a church and if a collective, a community of people didn't reach out to me? Where would I be today? Maybe not even alive, to be quite honest. The darkness that I was walking in and many of you, if not most of you, have the same testimony. You know that it was somebody probably that reached you for Christ, probably that was part of a faith-based community called the church that reached out to you. Whether you were raised in that environment from a child and your parents were, were Christians and churchgoers, I don't know. But some, a collective of people, somebody that was part of a pride, a collective of, of, of people putting their gifts in there and, and, and not looking for some individual thing, reached out to you, the hand of God, the five-fingered uh, uh, grace of God reached out to you into your world wherever you were. You know, God, God has answered a lot of my prayers. And I couldn't even count over the years how, how good God's been to me. And I wonder if you'd say the same thing. Man, sometimes we don't just stop. We don't stop and say, thanks, God. Like, sometimes it's like, I, I need to just push a pause button and go, man, I remember when I was single and, and how desperate, I was lonely. I wanted somebody. God blessed me with a beautiful woman, a wife. I remember when I was driving an old balmy car that would just break down all the time in the middle of a highway in the middle of winter. The thing would break down on the highway way out in the middle of nowhere, climb out there and, you know, now I'm not driving that bomby car anymore because God's blessed, blessed us. But if you are, that's fine. But, you know, God, God's blessed you. I remember when we met in a high school, it wasn't air-conditioned. We got kicked out regularly. <laughs> For no reason. Show up for church like, oh, you're not late. You're not going to have church here anymore because we're practicing for our rock at Stedford. So out you go. I remember what it was like to meet in the hot, stinking school. I remember when I didn't have an office. Couldn't meet anybody. It's like, oh, I got to try to meet somewhere else. Like, I scroll through the promises of God and how God has been so good. Did I just have to stop? God, you've answered so many of my prayers. How about you? How, how many of you would say, honestly, stop and think about it. God has answered a lot of my prayers. How would you like to answer one of God's prayers? How, how would you like to answer a prayer of Jesus? John 17, listen to this. We're going to close. Jesus is talking. And he gives us an opportunity here. He's answered so many of my prayers, so many of your prayers. And now he's got a request. It's like, really? You're going to ask me for something? What an honor. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. 
I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Now he's talking about his, his disciples and those that were with him on the journey. And, and, he's, and he's pray, he says, now my prayer isn't just for these that are with me now, but for those who will believe, that's you and I, who will believe in me through these guys' message. I read John, I read Mark, I read Matthew, I read, those guys had a message that we're able to read 2,000 years later and believe. And he says, I pray for those who believe in me through their message. What's your prayer, Jesus? I'm listening. That all of them, that's us. Here's his prayer. That all of us may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, community, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The reason the world doesn't believe it is because we're just individuals fighting with one another and arguing. God did not send an argument. He sent his son so that we could get together and the grace that's on each of us could pull together and the great grace of God, the hand of God could reach out into this dying, desperate world that's killing everybody. He goes on, he says, I've given them the glory that you gave me. Why? Why did you give that glory? So that I could strut around as an individual, get my name known. Oh, I've given them the glory that you gave me. Why? Why, Jesus? That they may be one as we are one. I think, I think that, I think he's, his request is pretty powerful. And it's something that you and I can actually do something about. What an honor to think that I can, I can be an answer to one of his prayers. That they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me. So that they, not one of us, they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Instead of being known for what we're against and how much we disagree with one another and criticizing some church or some pastor over there, some group over there, somebody in this room, I don't know, the pastor, whatever, whatever, whatever. Jesus says, here's my prayer. Walk in unity. Get all your individualism out of the way. Be all in. Let's get together. This is not an optional extra. This is the prayer of the Savior. This is the heartbeat of God. This isn't, oh, I don't have to attend church and don't need to do that. And I've, I've got it, just me and I've got it all together. You got it so wrong, so wrong. I want to be the, I want to be part of the answer 
to something that Jesus prayed. Because he doesn't ask for much. I don't even know that he asked me to do anything really for him except this one thing. Let's get together. Let's make fellowship, let's make community a priority. Because our vision to grace the nations will go nowhere without community. That big C in grace is church. It's the grace, the, in, the endowment, the favor of God to actually pull it together, pull all of our individual grace together, our, all of our individual abilities together so that his grace can be great grace upon us. And the power in this world be off the charts. There's no doubt. No doubt. I'd like you to bow your heads. Close your eyes if you wouldn't mind. My prayer is that we would be known for being for each other, not against. That we'd be a place that's known for unity and grace. Not uniformity, but our diversity would be our strength as we pull this together. So I'm going to ask a question, and I'd like a response. If you don't know Jesus, you've never asked him into your heart. You're not part of his body. You're an individual that needs salvation. And the grace of God is for you. The only thing you can do is by faith get saved. Receive his grace by faith. That's trust. That's stepping out. Put your hand up and let your heart be extended with your hand that, yes, that's me. I want Jesus Christ to, to come into my heart and repent from your own effort thinking you can be good enough without God, that you don't need grace. Repent from that. Recognize the sin of your sinfulness, your pride, whatever it is, and come to a knowledge that you need a Savior. If that's you, and you're here this morning, God's tugging on your heart. You think, ah, I don't know if I do that, then I'm going to have to change. Or I'm gonna have to. Don't worry about that. Don't, don't be talked out of this moment. This is your moment to say yes to Jesus. And maybe you've come back to church, you've been away. I don't know everybody here. I can't even see everybody hardly, but... God's tugging on your heart, saying, come home. Come home. Step back into community. Get over yourself. Join again so that we can do something. If that's you, you're here this morning or you're watching online, I want to invite you to step into Jesus and give him our hearts. going to pray a prayer. It goes the same pretty well every week. It's not a formula. It's just a heartfelt request and giving your heart to him. So if that's you, I'd like you to 
pray this after me and mean it. And then we'd love to give you a free Bible, some resources, also get you started with discovering your gifts, which you can pick up at the information desk. But I'd like you to pray this after me. Say, Dear God, I repent of doing things my way. Jesus, I give you my heart. I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.